You're listening to Soul Crush, a podcast dedicated to spirituality, sexuality, and stories that soothe, inspire, and break the soul. We release an episode each new and full moon to support you on your path of awakening, of embodiment, and walking this feminine way of being in the world. My name is Adriana Rizzolo, and I'm so grateful and humbled to be your host. And I pray that we all become free of the shame that binds us. Welcome back to Soul Crush. I am Adriana, and I'm in San Francisco. Uh, It's the new moon, so happy new moon. And my soul crush today is not just one person, but many beings that all form each and every year one large body and community called Spirit Weavers Gathering. I'll share with you a little bit about the gathering, and then I'll get into why Spirit Weavers is my soul crush today. Spirit Weavers Gathering is a five-day celebration of cultures past and present, a remembering and a practicing of basic human skills to ensure the survival of the body and the soul. Farming practices, working with fibers, weaving, creating ceremony, sharing meals at night and dreams in the morning, the making of plant medicine, singing songs together as community, These were the common knowledge ways and part of the simple pleasures of a life lived in balance and harmony with nature. Let us gather together as women and share our skills in remembrance of the beauty path and of an honoring of our ancestors. So that's a little bit that they have on their website. And, you know, my my journey as... um, a healer as a facilitator for other people's paths of reconnecting to not just, not just (laughs) um, God and goddess, but also to what our deeper passions are and and the ways that we're here and meant to be here to serve, um, to me feels very much like a feminine path, even the spiritual aspect of it. I want to get into today a little bit around two different topics, one of them being kundalini energy and the other one being what to do with, you know, all of the intensity of who we are, which the dog outside is, is really feeling ever since I've turned the podcast on. There's a humongous dog sitting outside of the house that I'm uh, staying in in San Francisco, and he's really feeling it. So I welcome his feelings (laughs) and vibes. Um, So yeah, so the intensity of being human, right? So this gathering holds anywhere from, I don't know, some say there was 600 women there, some say there was 900. I mean, to me, it probably felt around like 600 women. Um, over the course of five days, and there's two weeks that hold some some women come for the two weeks, some women come for um, one. I went for one of them. And you know, 
talk about, you know, facing into and, and being inside of a vortex of Shakti, which, you know, is this creative, the, the feminine power that we all hold, you know, male and female. Um, it, it is, it's the universal energy of, of creation. Um, so everything in existence holds this dynamic um, power. And it's something that can't really be talked about either, but can very directly be experienced. Um, so in my experience, this was my third year attending this gathering, and I really learned this year um, just how, one, how much we have very little control, <laughs> you know, um, as we're oftentimes learning in our lives, but two, how much of our experience is really dictated by how we're commanding, you know? Um, because you could easily go to something like this and just make so many judgments about what's happening, you know? And in my opinion, I really value the way, you know, the, the woman who created this vision, her name is Maya, and there's so many amazing people that, that help create this and, and facilitate this gathering that is really phenomenal, you know, that it could even happen with so many women and keep people safe and um, fed and, you know, the whole thing is, it's just, it's, it's a miracle, you know, in the same way that you're a miracle and in anything that you do in your life to me is also a miracle. But just to say, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. And I know that from facilitating my own retreats and my own process of awakening, you know, it's not easy. But I also know the value and, and what we receive back from offering um, what we have to offer. And so I've seen over the years how, you know, they've taken criticism and they've expanded, you know, into reaching more diverse, um, you know, women of color, It's you know, like all elders, you know, each year, like trying to pull in women from all over the world. And it's really inspiring because all of this stuff can be so touchy and so sensitive. Um, and we all in, as we awaken and enter into a new paradigm that is more based, I feel in this feminine embodied, uh, spirituality and way of just living in our lives. It's, you know, it's going, there's going to be conflict and there's going to be moments where we're doing it and we're in the flow of that. And then moments where, you know, all of our, you know, I'll speak from my own experience, um, you know, trauma and, you know, sexual inherited in, in our own sexual trauma arising for us to, you know, really look at what's living in us that is, you know, keeping our voices closed and keeping us from just creating, you know, and there's been many, many thousands of years that not just women, but any creative being, you know, was, was, was pushed to the side, you know, and was told that they weren't qualified to share what they have to share. Um, one of my favorite um, stories in this book, it's an amazing book um, called Shakti Woman. Um, and one of my favorite stories in the book is when she's talking about um, making this uh, deck of tarot cards. And it's, it's a woman named Vicki Noble. And in this book, she's talking about 
you know, making this tarot deck of and this drawing, these drawings, and they're, it's called the Mother of Peace deck. And if you haven't looked, haven't seen it, just look it up. There's, it's amazing, and it's very much based in the feminine. Um, and you know, she tells the story of how many people told her and the woman she was creating this deck with, you know, how how bad even the drawings that they were doing were. And she was never, a, you know, an artist in the way where she drew, you know, um, and, and so, but she just felt this, like, that was what, you know, was wanting to move through her. And so she trusted it. And now, you know, it's been around for, I don't know how long, but I'm assuming around 30 or maybe even more years, um, and, you know, how many people that deck has helped, you know, guide um, and reconnect to their, their innate wisdom and their truth. And so, you know, there's just always going to be people that are going to tell us that we're not qualified. And I experienced it earlier today on my Instagram, you know, and it's okay, you know, because I think if we're putting ourselves out there and if we're, we're wanting to do something big, you know, there's going to be people that don't agree or were, that are triggered by us, you know? I mean, I am very interested in something I overheard at the gathering that was just so inspiring was a woman was saying there must have been some kind of disagreement or conflict between these women and the one woman, this was in the line where you're washing your dishes, you're, you know, everybody brings their own reusable dishes and forks and knives and, you know, it's like, it's amazing. There's like very little... Um, waste, you know, that happens during this gathering, which is in itself a huge miracle. And like, I could cry just feeling into, you know, how good that that is, um, from my perspective, like how good that feels for us and for this home that we live on in this planet. But anyway, she, you know, these women were admiring the way this other woman facilitated this conflict between these, these other two women. And so she said, you know, and I just was listening, overhearing, you know, when we don't address our conflict with one another, it just festers into resentments and we start creating so many stories that can oftentimes be healed through conversation and through the willingness to, to be wrong and to just to connect and maybe through a mediator if we need to. And, um, you know, there's been many relationships and conflicts in my life um, that, you know, there, there does just need to be space sometimes, depending on how deep, uh, the wound that is arising and how deep the, the conflict or the betrayal. Um, and sometimes it's just not worth it. You know, I've had other experiences with women where they were new friends and whatever came up between us, you know, it just, I didn't feel like I, I personally wanted to, you know, go that far into, you know, healing, whatever it was. And there's other stories out there that I have lingering in this moment that I long to have healed, you know, with other women that I've um, had conflict with in the past. And so I just want to say that, you know, none of us are perfect beings. And I feel like the more and more, and I'm trying to do that in this moment, in this movement of um, soul crush and in, in, in all the work that I do with, you know, the power of love, um, the trainings I hold, the spaces that I hold and facilitate and the conversations that I want to have, 
are more in this direction of, well, how do we not hold back our gifts out of fear of, you know, being judged or honor that we're holding our gifts back out of fear of being judged because that's where we're at and that's a place to be too. And how do we continue to do things and to risk being exposed and being wrong and doing wrong and then continuing to feel the suffering of that, learning from it, and, and, and keep walking anyway. So to me, the path of kundalini awakening, which there's much and, and there's a lot I can say about that. Oh, there's one thing I wanted to read by Vicki Noble too, because it's more related to what I was just sharing. Okay. It's about um, the power of a circle and the power for me of, you know, in the yoga, in the mystical traditions of yoga, what we call satsang, which is to me, all of these, um, any gathering that I facilitate or any, any circle or any, you know, training that I'm facilitating, it's really satsang, which means sat means truth. So it's to come together around the truth with a capital T and meaning, you know, in this context, the highest truth, which is beyond this third dimension, beyond just, you know, our names and bodies, but into this higher, higher, um, higher, or just more expansive. I don't want to say, you know, meaning higher, that this is a lower, um, it is a lower vibration in the sense that we need to be vibrating at a frequency that we can, or at least we are, I don't know if we need to be, but where we can see each other, you know, that's like, to me, our, our physical matter is just, it's vibration slowed down you know, and, and our, our energetic and our spiritual being is, you know, it's just moving so much higher and faster that we can't see it, but it doesn't mean it's not real. So anyway, um, I can go on and on about that. Um, and even when I've seen people at the end of their life, you know, my father, for example, at the end of his life, and just a shout out to the father energy, you know, this week is, is Father's Day, and that can be a sensitive time for us um, that have lost our fathers and also um, you know, I know many, many people on the spiritual path have a pretty deep father wound um, that I have a, a blog post up about. But anyway, you know, my, my father struggled with addiction. And one of the last time, the last time I saw him, actually, um, and thank God, my friend Matt, it was Easter and, you know, I wasn't going to go see him. And my best, one of my best friends, Matt, was like, nah, we should go see him. You know, we we're in New Jersey. And I was like, okay, let's go. And I can almost remember seeing how... Like he, it was almost hard to see him physically. It's very difficult to describe, but it was almost like his energy was either speeding up because it was like he was kind of leaving this world or it was slowing down because he was like pretty bogged down in his um, addiction in that moment. I, I don't know because who does, but my feeling was that like, I, I remember leaving and being like, God, like it was almost like I couldn't really even see him. It was very strange. Um, and interesting <laughs> in a way too. Um, but, you know, so just to give a shout out to any hearts um, and just to give, send out <sighs> just a deep breath of compassion um, for those who, you know, have issues around the father. And I know even in this process of reclaiming our, our own unique, like what God means to us, you know, there's so much in that, um, and, and in this coming out of this paradigm of listening to men, you know, even in, in yoga, I mean, every popular spiritual yoga text was 
is by a man. You know what I mean? It's just so interesting. And it's not that women weren't sharing, you know, their wisdom. It's just we're coming out of a time where it really was not allowed to be honored and heard and felt. And so, you know, it's a whole thing. Um, but back to, you know, the power of a circle. And um, I'm going to read this little bit by um, Vicki Noble. It says, the circle grounds us and holds us in connection to one another and the earth. It makes the work safer and easier. The process is one of aligning more and more with the body, which is ultimately in alignment with the soul, and allowing the habitual mental process to recede into the background. The body knows what to do. The direct experience of tuning into the earth's body with our bodies and feeling what she feels can be ecstasy. Women shamans and priestesses are frequently portrayed naked and grounded in the physical body, openly sexual, chanting, singing, dancing to make it rain, healing, birthing, playing musical instruments, weaving, planting, and doing the physical work of the world. And I love this because many years on my journey of awakening and of, of studying different spiritual practices and traditions and going to India, so much of my practice for a long time came from really like, you know, cultivating a strong meditation practice, which, you know, I still come back to and we'll share a meditation at the end of this. I try to in all these episodes and not, you know, but not, and for a long time I had I didn't really have this awareness that it wasn't to just escape my experience. And it also just felt really good. And I felt really bad for a long time. Like I know many of you have and maybe do all the time, you know, not that I don't ever feel bad now because I do, but you know, to feel good, you're just like, Oh God. Yeah. Like, yes. You know, those first feelings of ecstasy and joy in the heart, you know, it's, it's so beautiful. Um, and I feel like this feminine path and what I kind of see as, you know, the masculine approach, and I've had this described to me by a teacher and I can't remember which one and I wish I could. So if you're listening and it's you, please tell me who described, you know, the masculine approach of spirituality as like, you know, this, you could, I could, I see it as this Kundalini energy, which is our, our potential, our spiritual potential that is said to be coiled up. It's sometimes, um, depicted as a snake all coiled up at the base of our spine, you know, in our tailbone. And on the path, sometimes you could feel intensity in your tailbone, you know, uh, or pain in your tailbone sometimes. But, you know, when that energy awakens, it's said to, you know, travel up the spine and, you know, connect us to our highest self, right? There's the lowest, lower self in this physical form, and then there's the higher self. And this path of surrendering the low self to the high self, the self with a capital S, and, you know, I've been, I've heard, and it really resonated with me that that process is in practice is one of a masculine approach. And so for many years, that's kind of what we've been doing, you know, and how we've learned to connect to spirit and to God. And what we're learning and what I'm learning and have been at least over, and especially over these past few years only, 
um, is this process of coming down into the body, you know, the way that Vicky says at the end, like, you know, and, and why these ways of reconnecting to the earth feel so ecstatic and also um, help us to face into the deeper issues, the deeper rooted wounds that we all hold inside that I don't feel anybody is, at least not anyone I'm hanging around with, you know, is immune to and that that they aren't in some way, um, you know, having an effect on their lives and on our lives. Um, but, you know, this, this feminine way of coming and returning, you know, back into the body. So having these awakenings, right, having mystical experiences where I, my soul is merged with oneness and I am one with you and with everything, which I've experienced and I'm sure you have too. And if you haven't, pray for it and, and you know, you most likely will. But that experience then coming back into being Adriana and handling and holding that amount of energy and intensity and emotion and all of my ancestors that live in me that, you know, experienced years and 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 years of abuse, as I know many of yours have as well, you know... And for many of us, we're the first people in our families that are just putting an end. You know, my mother also um, began the, the the process of putting an end to abuse um, on her journey as well by, by, I feel, choosing a man who could really love her um, in her life now, which is a beautiful thing for me to experience and see. Um, so thank you, Mom, for, for taking that leap. Um, but to, yeah, be coming back to um, all these ways uh, and physical work of the world. You know, I have my, one of my best friends, Olivia, you know, is a beautiful, um, and on the next episode, um, oh, well, Olivia, you know, creates the most amazing, you know, beauty products and, and, and medicines that she, you know, grows and, and is so immersed in the earth like she's a total earth being and her presence because she also does a lot of you know inner work on herself is tremendously healing to be around um and I interviewed her in the first soul crush no second <laughs> episode two so you can tune in with her but and on my next um on the next episode I'll be you know tuning in with my friend Hannah who's a farmer out in Minnesota and you know it's just it's just what's calling to us. And we're not all meant to be farmers. I can tell you right now, I am not a farmer, which you'll hear more about in the next episode. But I do feel we are here to reconnect to our bodies as spirit, you know, our bodies as holy and integrate all the, all the parts of us that are, you know, have been put into all these different places and people and things and into this experience of being whole again. And that's really my journey of kundalini awakening and kundalini as an energy, um, which I'll be offering a class on. There'll be an online class you can find on my website um, about just really facilitating a space for people to come and gather to get support on their path of awakening. But really, you know, bringing this energy into the body is no joke because it's going to show us the things that need to leave our bodies and leave our lives that are not going to vibrate with who we're evolving into. So, you know, this is why we're here. 
<laughs> and why I feel it's so crucial to have support and to have one another. And something like Spirit Weavers, you know, where there's so many women, there's so many things, and it can be super overwhelming. And the first year I was hiding in my tent, I immediately got my moon, I immediately started bleeding, and I was like, what am I doing here? I'm terrified of all these women and, you know, all of my shit around women, and I've had such a journey with that in my life, and as I know most of you have, you know, it just, everything came to the surface. And I feel myself each year being there more for, you know, what I need and allowing myself to let go of the need to be something for someone else, which is really intense. Um, and to also honor and to feel into how many of these women really honor these um, ancestral ways of living and, you know, we all, and, and also just the uniqueness, you know, it's not only women doing things in this one way of like, it's like so many different ways, you know, some women, you know, leading circles on, you know, masturbation and just like, so just so much openness and so much diversity. And there might be, you know, a lot of flowing of dresses and things like that, because there can be a tendency to lean more in one direction, I think for some of us than another, but there also isn't only that, you know, it's like, everybody really holds this unique space. And I really felt into that and appreciated that and appreciate that. Um, we're all, I think, getting more and more free. And I know I am to do that and to be who we are without um, apologizing and feeling like we need to be a certain way for someone else. Because I think that that holds back what you are here to share. And it's never pretty in the beginning. Whenever we enter into anything new, it's never going to be right or pretty. And it oftentimes will be a lot of fumbling around, you know, I mean, embracing Kundalini Shakti as, as, you know, a force in our lives. Um, you know, she's going to fuck shit up sometimes and she's going to ask us to face into some of our biggest fears. And I feel like we don't get to bypass those on the path. Um, but we get to learn what to do with them, you know, and we get to learn how to, you know, love ourselves even when we're blaming ourselves and one another. And, and the quicker we can get to love in those moments of blame or in those moments of anger and rage, you know, the, the more quickly we can move through them you know, because they're going to keep arising. It's just, we're human, you know, it's what we're here doing, just being humans. And also having this super far out desire to know what the heck is going on, you know, and feel f the freedom, the liberated energy in our bodies and in our voices and how powerful sharing our stories are and how powerful it is to just be who you are and how much of a lifelong journey that is, you know? Um, when I attend this gathering, there's some women who've been, you know, on the path longer than, longer than I, some women who are elders and grandmothers in this community and in their own communities that I really admire and really, you know, feel uh, safe in the presence of. And that this time really, you know, didn't give me you know, they, 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 they offer fierce medicine because it's, you know, they really represent to me 
and what it's like to have lived and endured, right? I think when we come into contact with the parts of us that have endured, like there's a part of you right now that has already been through so many things and everything we've been through up until now is what got us here into this very moment and into, you know, for me feeling like, God, I just want to share who I am. And there's so many stories that I'm not ready to share yet that, you know, brought me to my knees and pushed me into the fire of transformation in ways I would have never asked for, you know, and, but just being close to that desire to share, um, and having healed through sharing, uh, it's just, it's such a powerful thing. And I really honor and respect, um, the elders that have endured and my own ancestors that have endured things that I'll never have to go through. But the wisdom that comes from enduring, I think is so potent and powerful on the path. And it frees up our capacity to love and to be loved. I mean, the deepest devastations in my life and the deepest moments of suffering absolutely cracked my heart open, even though in the moment I felt like I was worthless. And, you know, I pray to always stay close to that and in humbled, you know, by these experiences that we go through in life and somehow simultaneously empowered by them. It's a very interesting uh, game <laughs> that we play. So I'm going to read a Rumi poem. It's 111 in this moment. Maybe not for you, but maybe. Um, I tend to notice that a lot, the old 111. But I found this Rumi poem today just by opening it up at my, my friend's house who I'm staying with. Um, and it feels appropriate for the gathering I just exited from that, you know, I, I just wanted to bring in, and I don't have, you know, I'm still so fresh out of it. I don't have all the takeaways, you know, from it. But I just wanted to just honor, you know, all of you who've, who've been there and just all of you, you know, who, you know, aren't missing anything. <laughs> um, if you weren't there or aren't, weren't anywhere that you feel like you've wanted to be, um, because we're, we are, I just know we are exactly where we need to be. And that, um, it sounds really cliche, but I know the, the truth in that on some level. So anyway, this Rumi poem is called bird song from inside the egg. Sometimes a lover of God may faint in the presence. Then the beloved bends and whispers in his ear, Beggar, spread out your robe, I'll fill it with gold. I've come to protect your consciousness. Where has it gone? Come back into awareness. This fainting is because lovers want so much. A chicken invites a camel into her henhouse and the whole structure is demolished. A rabbit nestles down with its eyes closed in the arms of a lion. There is an excess in spiritual searching that is profound ignorance. Let that ignorance be our teacher. The friend breathes into one who has no breath. A deep silence revives the listening and the speaking of those two who meet on the riverbank. Like the ground turning green in a spring wind, 
like birdsong beginning inside the egg. Like this universe coming into existence, the lover wakes and whirls in a dancing joy, then kneels down in praise. <sighs> I feel so much like, you know, these two aspects of, you know, the chicken inviting the camel into her hen house and the whole structure being demolished, you know, I mean, that is my experience with this Kundalini Shakti or uh, the goddess or God or, you know, walking a path dedicated and devoted to knowing um, who, who I am on the deepest level. And then this other aspect of letting it all be our teacher, you know, this, the, how Rumi says, the excess of spiritual seeking is ignorant and let that ignorance be your teacher. It's just, you know, there's just so much compassion in all of the, you know, mystical poetry and, and ancient teachings from all traditions and cultures. There's so much compassion. And for me, I've learned the deepest compassion in moments where I was really, really forced into the fire of my suffering. And, and when I felt like my worlds fell apart and I was devastated and I was torn and broken and lost hope and my spiritual practices weren't working, but somehow I kept chanting for some, even though it wasn't working and I started to move my body in, in ways that were non-linear and felt like I, I were helping me release, um, you know, generations of abuse and trauma um, and, and awakening, you know, to what was underneath it. The compassion was there, you know, and I think I am always trying to return to the part of me that is compassionate and to the part of me that is awake to the love that I am no matter what I'm experiencing. And I feel on our own unique paths and journeys, we have this opportunity to really hold one another in these moments of suffering and not just teach how to get out of it, but really just to hold and to listen and to want to know more is such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful feeling. And I know for myself and for many people that I work with, either I'm studying with or who study with me as a teacher, as a facilitator, we're all so afraid, you know, to say what we want to say and to share what we know. And, you know, sometimes I feel like, what am I, you know, sometimes I, I feel like, why would anybody want to do my training? I mean, so often all of anybody's unresolved sexual abuse, father wound, um, addiction, shame arises in the context of the training. 
and you know, I, I have, you know, I, I take it as a really big responsibility and, you know, make sure that people have supportive therapists because I'm not a therapist and nor do I want to be one at this point in my life. But, you know, I, I hold it as it's a deep responsibility because, you know, this awakening and this Kundalini energy, you know, it can bring out some deep, dark shadows because she doesn't care because there's no, because there's no judgment because, you know, this, this intelligence can see and can love beyond what we're able to see in love is, is my experience of it. And so, um, something that happened, um, during a, a ceremony that I attended with a really amazing woman named Paula who offers cacao ceremony at Spirit Weavers and who I feel is a really deep, um, and authentic teacher. And she, she is for me, um, because she just shares directly her experience, you know, and really asks to not be put on a pedestal and asks to not be sought out for answers, um, but just shares her experience. And to me, that's really inspiring and really healing. Um, but something that came up during the ceremony, as soon as I started meditating, I had this vision of Durga. And Durga is an energy I work with a lot in my trainings and in my own life. And Durga is, uh, in the Indian mystical traditions and in the Hindu religion, uh, Durga is a fierce goddess of unconditional love, but is known to be the slayer of demons. Like she often is carrying so many swords and yeah, in India at temple, like when I've gone to this Durga temple, I mean, I've been around her having, you know, one woman who had been in menopause bled in her temple, you know, um, you know, it's just the the deepest release, you know, the deepest surrender, those, those deep moments where you had no choice but to surrender and the grace of God came in to help you let go finally of that thing that has been, you know, causing you or causing your family pain for who God knows how long, you know, that's, that's Durga in, from my perspective. Um, but, you know, as often depicted, you know, Kali was birthed from Durga's third eye in the stories. And so I know a lot of you know about Kali as this, you know, super fierce, like mama, like protective that just will destroy any demon and any darkness um, who goes beyond our anger for the record. I think there's a lot of mis misperceptions of, Durga, um, of Kali uh, in our culture. And I have tons of misperceptions of all of it because it's not my... It's not my uh, uh, lineage by blood, but I, uh, having gone to India, I felt more at home within the eyes of the people there than I had up until now anyway in my own journey um, of, you know, the people who I come from. So, uh, you know, to me, it feels like a, a past life connection and I've always felt very welcomed and, and appreciated um, and uh, I felt a lot of permission to to receive the, the wisdom from these places I've been and to share it. And, and so, um, I feel confident in that way. <laughs> um, but that being said, I, I also have my own misperceptions as anybody does. And so the vision that I had was of Durga really saw, like all of her weapons as I felt her energy and I felt this like, you know, this fierce, like I am the protector, you know, I, will slay these demons, you know, for me, for my family, for all the people I work with, you know, I'm here to, to continue to, to be a vessel for that energy. 
And in this moment, I just felt her arms drop and the, the weapons fall to the ground and, and she entered me and embraced with such a deep love, you know, embrace the ways that I have been fighting with myself and with, you know, people in my life to be right, embraced my blaming, the ways that I blame myself and blame others, embraced my anger, the anger and the, the, the suffering that I was feeling, the addictive feelings that I was having, um, the neediness that I was experiencing, the grasping that I was doing. And then Paola's whole talk was, you know, about that. And so it just felt like, or, you know, about that from her experience. And that's what I perceived um, was about, you know, loving these parts of us that are really difficult to love. And so I'd love to close this um, sharing today with you by leading a meditation and offering a practice and offering a contemplation to just really be on this new moon time and phase of the new moon going back into being full of just looking at, you know, how far you've come on your journey and, you know, what are these seeds that you're planting to grow in your life and, you know, living in, in this way that is more connected to the rhythms of the moon um, as opposed to just our, you know, calendars and things that someone just made up anyway. So finding what works for you and finding the rituals that call to you and the teachers and the support and the communities that call to you to support you on your path um, is, is a seed that I just want to plant for all of us and a prayer that, you know, all the parts of us are suffering feel a new wave of love. And, um, you know, I'm leading a workshop tonight on anxiety and addiction as an ally and addiction is just something I've worked with my whole life. I mean, I, I was I entered the world of addiction, you know, from the womb because I, you know, I have family members who really suffered and ended their lives from it. You know, the suffering went that far. And so I feel like, you know, I really have a connection to the vibration of addiction and can sense it, you know, and can feel it in myself and in others and and can hold a space for it to be loved because it's a huge part of my path. And so, you know, this evening I'll really just be holding a space for people to share, you know, their experience and to share the wisdom that's inside of their experience as well, or to help mirror the wisdom that is inside of what they're experiencing from my perception and from what I can see, because it's oftentimes easier for us to perceive things differently um, or to hold a space of shifting in perception and shifting in story for, you know, someone else than it is when we're trapped inside of it, you know, um, and, and to love it um, is, you know, it's such a gift and it's really life-changing and I feel like it's a part of this feminine way of walking in the world and of the weaving, you know, of our spirit and how, um, how, how we do that, you know, like how, how do we weave this connection to spirit into our own lives? How do we bring this energy of awakening or going to India and having, you know, or going to any spiritual experience and having this whole expansion of consciousness and then re-entering our lives that are still in the old consciousness and how to be gentle with ourselves in these transitions that we go through and 
in my experience, I'm almost always in a transition because I'm really, I'm, I intend to evolve even as much as I still resist it as well. Um, and, you know, it can feel almost like when we're our, our, uh, our greatest, our, our greatness is reflected to us. We can almost feel like it's not who we are, you know? And I think for me, it's just because it's just not what I was always used to, you know, having, having around me were strong mirrors of awakened energy, you know? And so it can feel like, well, that's not me, you know, that that's like them or that's this place or that's this saint or that's this, you know, teacher, you know, I fell into that traps of, you know, it's not me. It's, it's someone else. I, I lived through the, that, the fire of that, um, codependence and it is a gnarly teaching, you know, the guru, the guru is within is a, it's a fierce path, you know, it's a fierce teaching that, you know, I'll continue to, you know, be working with my whole life. I'm, I'm assuming, and I hope, <laughs> um, but you know, how can we feel that energy, that spiritual energy, you know, and in this context, I'm talking about it as Kundalini Shakti, um, within our bodies and, and within our lives so it's not just this separate thing, you know, it's like going to this thing, <coughs> excuse me, and then coming home and having this like secret, which I think is also fine. I think it's also part of it is just being okay with having a secret and knowing that we're all meant to serve in different ways, you know, that our, you know, what looks spiritual on the outside is oftentimes the stinkiest stuff on the inside, um, in my experience <laughs> personally and, you know, in situations I've been in, but so, you know, we're all here to serve in many different ways. And I feel like it is wherever we are at in this moment is the Dharma that we're meant to be fulfilling um, or is the karma that we're meant to be fulfilling. And the Dharma, which um, it, Dharma is, is nature. It is our, it is like in, in the lineage and, and in the traditions that I come from, Dharma is, it is our true nature. You know, Dharma is what's blowing the, the trees and the leaves outside the window um, that I'm sitting, sitting in front of right now. And it's, it's the natural flow of our evolution and conscious and expansion of our consciousness. And so where we are is where we're meant to be serving. And, and, and I think we build over time, a trust that it's just going to change. And when we want it to change, it feels good. And when we don't want it to change, it feels awful. And it, depending on what it is, you know, living life on life's terms, you know, which is a term from or a saying from, uh, AA, but you know, it's a, it's such a beautiful teaching living life on life's terms because, you know, we can put out and put forth our requests and our prayers. And I know you, we have the capacity to manifest, but there's a whole, you know, greater plan and consciousness for this world and for our own worlds that we just can't know. And we don't really want to know because if we knew it all at once, we would crumble and, you know, it would just be so overwhelming, you know, any big, big awakenings, ugh, you know, they're really intense to live through and, and powerful too, to live through, you know, and I think we're fortunate to have these 
experiences. I don't feel, you know, so often we can feel like, oh, there's more stuff and like, oh, like I have to, why am I the one out of my whole family that has to face into this? And, you know, but the truth is that we get to, and I know it doesn't always feel like that. And I'm not mocking anybody. I'm talking to myself as well. And I've, I've said it all too, but you know, after walking for like just half a minute on this path, I just also do know, you know, it's also what brings you to the most amazing moments, you know, and what helps you to like really retrain us into the vibration of gratitude and of gratefulness and of openness. And we really receive then the blessings because we notice them. We're not because we're more blessed than anybody else, because it doesn't matter what you have or what you don't have. Being blessed is a state of consciousness. And so you can be blessed and have nothing, but then, you know, the most amazing things will enter into your life or, you know, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm privileged and I have a lot, so I can't speak to that, but I do know that, you know, it has nothing to do with the outside. It's, it's, it's all in our perception and we're all, you know, working with what we have to work with in the best ways that we can right now. And so sending out, um, you know, so much love and, and really like, you know, at the end of that Rumi poem where he says, like this universe coming into existence, the lover wakes, whirls in a dancing joy, then kneels down and prays. And so much of the, the path is like that. It's like we get swept up and we're free and we're in a moment where we can just feel everything and it feels ecstatic and, you know, we're dancing and, you know, at this gathering, you, I have the chance to, you know, dance naked with other women. And I mean, it's, it's incredible, you know, I mean, it's hilarious and ridiculous and incredible, you know, to get to express in a place where I'm not too much. And I'm not offending somebody by being who I am. Or if I am, then they're working with how I'm offending them, you know, in, in their own way. And it's beautiful, you know. And then the path asks us and humbles us by asking us to face into things that are really sometimes beyond our comprehension and beyond anything that any teaching can teach us. And in that fire, I think we learn how to kneel down, you know, and how, and, and the things that bring us, you know, to our knees and beyond, you know, um, through that, I've found that I've also become more and more open to receiving God's grace and to receiving the blessings and the hardships of this life and utilizing it for my evolution and for the consciousness and the good and the release of suffering of all beings. And I don't just say that lightly. And I know it's it's so easy to say. And I'm afraid to even say it sometimes because I know what it's going to ask of me. But nonetheless, here we are. <laughs> and so, um, like the bird song beginning inside the egg, you know, all beginnings, you know, they, they happen in this moment of darkness when we can't, it's like we can't even take the first step yet. So, you know, post this gathering that I know offers me personally so much healing and, and, and really like connection to all these amazing women, you know, that are just really holding a high space, you know, the women um, who run a portion of it 
that's called adornment where they do you know hair and um, sacred tattoos and really that hold this beautiful energy of healing for women's beauty and beauty as a path of you know awakening to our greatest and highest selves you know this is like revolutionary shit going on <laughs> and it's not easy to hold you know and it also is it's so beautiful and fortunate and there's another being there named Stargazer Lee who you know shoots her laser their laser to the stars and teaches about how cosmic we are and how you know the great mystery of the cosmos in the most hilarious down-to-earth way you know that is indescribable and so there's just so many unique beings out in the world and so much uniqueness in all of us that I feel like it's really time as we're making this shift into a new paradigm and out of the old you know confines of you know patriarchal systems and and ideas and thoughts of you know, our uniqueness being celebrated and freedom, finding freedom in our love. <sighs> so I hope that some of this served you and serves your path and, you know, helps to nurture and, and ignite and honor that deep kundalini shakti that is in your body, that is you that might feel very far away in this moment or might feel like you have no idea, you know, how to step forward or how to do, you know, anything with what you care about deeply yet. Just knowing that by, by honoring the deepest aspects of you, things will become revealed, you know. The universe walks towards us every little, little moment that we can you know, reach out. So you're welcome to reach out to me and share with me, you know, the ways that you are longing to be seen and are not yet seen or the love that you're longing for, you know, within yourself that is just not available, you know, so we can be supportive for one another because I know I need that in my life and I love holding that space for others. So I'll lead you and guide you through some practice because a majority of my work with people is guiding them in meditation because I think ending as, as important as it is to share our stories and why I'm having, why I created this podcast was to help bring the medicine of other people's stories and experiences and what they've endured to help us all start to create more from that place. It's also really important to, to stop and to, take the position of allowing and and releasing and or just being with I'm in so much resistance and I don't know what to do with it that's like a really valid place to be loved and so to me the meditation practice is a way to assume the seat of love and of being loved no matter what it is that we're experiencing on the inside or the outside so it's more like a, a seed of love with a capital L, you know, the highest love, the, the love that all the great sages and mystics and saints and teachers of our time are embodying or are working on embodying. So if you're driving, you can just listen, but definitely do 
you know, a practice where you're really focusing on um, what is happening around you, obviously, but just to say that. And if you're at home, and you can also pause this and listen later if you'd like, before bed or the end of your day or in the morning, but if you are in a place where you want to and are ready to take a seat for, you know, five minutes, a quick, short guided meditation for this, then you can find a comfortable seat and it's really important to be cozy. So sitting on your couch is great. You don't have to sit up with your spine straight. Kundalini Shakti is, you know, known and is, in my experience, the most powerful, powerful energy. It is the power of the cosmos and of the universe and of God and goddess. So, you know, it's okay. You could be curled over on the floor in a ball crying and that energy is, is going to... Uh, it's, it's going to do what it needs to do. It really is just about making the space to allow it to do so. So I do feel like sitting up is helpful as opposed to lying down personally because when we work in our meditations as spaces to open to love, we're, we're working on uh, or we're just sitting inside of an opportunity for our consciousness to expand. And hopefully we can, you know, start to bring in that state of awareness, whatever it may be for you, into, you know, our, our lives, into going then into feeding your kids or doing the dishes or cleaning your messy house or, you know, going to work or back to the, you know, back to the grind of answering emails or whatever it is, but that there's some sort of flicker of, of awareness um, that is still on. So... A little kundalini shakti meditation for you. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't even know what that means yet, but we'll, we're about to find out. So find a seat and you can do interlace your fingers, reach your arms up, take a couple of stretches into your sides. You can take a deeper breath if you'd like. Roll your shoulders back, release your hands to your legs. Do some neck circles, some head rolls in one direction and then in the other. And just start by really welcoming your body. You know, we're going into the body. We're not leaving it. We're coming in. We're going in. Into the body. Your physical body down to all this subtle energy. But your physical body is here. And what your physical body and what's held in your cells can, can be, you know, really transformed in in these experiences and, and in our journeys of healing and awakening to our full potential and wholeness and soul's highest, uh, you know, where our souls are wanting to evolve to, you know, which none of us know. It's just, it's a mystery. So tuning into yourselves in your body and, and welcoming yourselves and welcoming your muscles and welcoming the big organ that is your skin to soften and open here and welcoming your bones and welcoming your blood welcoming all the water in it that you are, welcoming the fire in your belly, in your guts, in your solar plexus, welcoming the softening or the hardening of your heart in this moment, welcoming your voice and how easy or challenging it is for you to use your voice because it's challenging for all of us in hard moments to use our voices. So welcoming all the things that we never got to say that we wished we had and welcoming all the things that we've said that we wish we could take back. Welcoming your mouth and your tongue and the ways that you can receive the deepest, delicious pleasure 
into your mouth, welcoming all the way down into the pelvic floor and your sex organs, welcoming all of the experiences that are held in these deep places within you. And if you haven't already, close your eyes. And start to just feel all the ways and all the things in your own personal, unique journey today in this moment that might be hard to love. Maybe things that you're experiencing that feel shameful or that you're just wanting to fix, you know, to get through or to change about yourself and just allowing this moment and allowing us to just hold each other in our human suffering and in the ways that we think we need to be better or different to receive love, to, to, to be who we are, which is as we know on some level, you know, it's this, this ongoing journey and exploration You can let your body even move a little bit if that feels natural to you. Just a really subtle movement and just almost moving from any and inviting any states of resistance, you know, to be present, to be loved in this moment. And within that, you know, we're welcoming in and allowing, we're welcoming in, you know, the deep, the deep challenges that we experience in life, the deep griefs, the death and the rebirth, the process of even leaving the womb, you know, in itself is, it's like a constant, everyone from that moment on is constantly seeking a connection to that love again, to that source. And so in this moment, as opposed to that seeking going out, which is also fine, allow it to come back in, even if it's coming back into resistance and and not wanting to be loved and maybe it's coming back in to a, an open arm you know you can imagine opening your arms to the greatest love inside of you and to the greatest love that this world has to offer you feel your seat on whatever it is that you're sitting on and start to imagine at the very base of your tailbone a snake all coiled up, all curled up in a little ball. And as you imagine the snake at your tailbone, feel the center of your chest, welcome your heart into this experience as well. the embodiment of all the awakenings and the lessons that you've learned up until now. And just start to focus on your tailbone, on your seat. Soften your eyebrows, relax your jaw, relax your legs, relax deeply through your stomach. And just notice the feeling between your tailbone, the back of your neck, the occiput, the back of your skull. 
You can take some deeper breaths and just notice if there's a sensation near your tail. And there might not be, but there might be. I'm just noticing from this perspective of loving awareness, from this perspective of that great highest self and love that we can collectively reach into in this moment. And just invite the energy in you that is awakening to just move into any places in your body and your heart that need some love and some healing in this moment. Maybe it's your pelvis or your sex organs or your heart or your throat. There's a strong connection between the pelvis and the throat, which is why sharing can help us really work with this energy. Begin to welcome in all of the supportive energy of your ancestors, of all the beings, the guides, the angels, any supportive teachers and family that you've had over the years, just opening yourself to receiving their wisdom, their support, their encouragement, their upliftment, And taking a moment to share any prayers with this great power of love and this mystery of love that we're all swimming inside. Any prayers for any other beings in your life that may be suffering, any parts of you, any situations or circumstances you really need help with, take a moment and just ask for that. Ask to receive that. And take a moment and just bring in any gratitudes that you feel for your life. Gratitude for your health, for your consciousness, for your love. And then just start to let your body move a little bit when you feel complete. You can let your eyes open. And just start to, you know, bring that, that more quiet and, you know, centered place, not numb down, you know. Intensity is good. You're not too much. It doesn't matter. It's not like that. <laughs> Clearly, I've, you know, talking to myself. Um, but, you know, that awareness of what else there is beyond what we're thinking all the time, you know, what I think I know, you know, and, and moving into a space where I can just ask to receive love and I can ask to receive what I don't know because I don't know. I really don't. I don't have any answers. You know, I have questions. I have my own experience up until now. And I have a lot of passion and excitement and I know how much passion and, and cultivating and finding our passion, which 
I feel Kundalini awakening and the path of Kundalini Shakti can really help us cultivate and, and remove the fears that we have around our expression, you know, that passion can help so much when working with anxiety, when working with addictions, when working with, you know, these really common uh, with depression, you know, which is the, which is also the, the pushing down of our anger, you know, all these ways that we're learning and relearning to express um, instead of suppress. And, and, and it's just, it's beautiful and it's challenging and it's messy and it's, it's, it's a God damn miracle, you know, and I pray that we all are really open to receiving the miracles that we need in our lives so we can continue to serve this world with greater love and compassion and kindness and um, sensitivity, you know, really honoring one another's sensitivity. So thank you for being here. Thank you for everything that you are. And if we don't know each other, please reach out to me. You can um, find my website. It's artoflovingyou.com. Um, and I'll have up there um, an online class that I'm going to be offering in a few weeks. Um, and with all the information, I'd love to catch your wisdom there. And yeah, sending lots of love to all the all the beings that made Spirit Weavers Gathering come together and happen so beautifully and all the consciousness and all of the deep effort that I feel coming forth um, in all of our lives and in all of our um, efforts. I'm just really, really grateful and I'm really humbled to share my voice and to, to be free enough to, to do that and to do so because I haven't always been and there's, there's much more to go <laughs> as there is for all of us and that's exciting and that is, you know, sometimes terrifying but there's a fine line, right? So dipping out and over into, into desire and into passion and into allowing all that into your experience, um, all of your juicy sensuality and deep desire to go into nature and all of it, just like really try and follow your next impulse, um, you know, without being reckless, I would say. Obviously, we all um, need good support in our lives to help us know when we're acting, you know, from um, our recklessness. I know I do, but I also feel like, you know, just be in your truth and authenticity and, and permission to be loved as much as you can in this moment. And that is going to, and is already creating transformation for you. And it's already happening. You know, we're already in the transformation. Um, and so when we do things like honoring, you know, Kundalini Shakti, you can, you know, you can write a letter to the divine feminine um, as a way of connecting, you know, you can, what it, you know, just writing is a really useful tool for connecting. You can write a letter to Kundalini Shakti or write a letter to um, the Divine Mother um, and, you know, set up a little space in your home. I'm sure already a lot of you already have it, but set up a place in your home where you can honor this deep, powerful part of you, but also this part of, of humanity, you know, that we're all really working to, to, to hold and to share and to, you know, keep enduring, you know, the ways that we slip back into the old paradigm and forgive ourselves and one another for, you know, the shadows and all the shit that comes up between us 
and be willing to be more curious, to have conversations and to work through our conflicts together. And that's my deepest um, wishes and desires and, and growth edges and learning. So thank you for being here. Please send me any feedback that you have. Stay tuned uh, for the next episode, which will come out on the full moon. And please reach out if you need any support. I'm here. Um, I do online sessions, uh, more, more mentorships and trainings. Uh, not really, I don't really do one-off sessions right now because I don't have the time because I'm in the middle of a training. But I have a retreat coming up in Italy if you want to get deeper into all of this juicy bhakti yoga, which will be another episode. And I not talk about too much about that right now. But my sister Olivia has a podcast called Love and Liberation. So check out, she's also interviewing um, different teachers and, uh, and guides around uh, relation, relational work, which is really powerful. And um, I'll be on her podcast next week. So, and I talk about bhakti yoga on that podcast. So, um, yeah, stay in touch, take really good care of yourself, do something nourishing for your body, and um, yeah, just sending us all permission to be exactly where we are without uh, feeling like we have to be different. So, sending lots of love and gratitude.